0: John chapter 16, beginning in verse 23. In that day, you shall ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father." In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, and, came into the, and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. is the word of the Lord.
1: Before we look at that text this morning, let's, uh, let's bow our heads for a moment. I, I, I say this periodically as the children go out, but I want to say it again, maybe partly just keenly aware after Neil and Rita have shared, but I felt it a bit last night. Uh, pray for them as they're together. Okay, this morning, they're talking about Jesus being the door. Pray that there might even be one or two or a few who would see that for the first time. Let's pray. Father, Just pray that you'll be with those children and as they meet in their own service this morning, as, as the scripture is heard, that, that the Holy Spirit would take that word and open eyes with it. I really believe, Father, that your means is that the Spirit takes the Word, the Word about Christ, and opens eyes. And so I pray, even even as they're there, that that might occur this morning, um, that those who already have had their eyes open would be strengthened with that truth. Father, help us to be strengthened as well with the Word this morning, the Word that has been read Word now we will attempt to to open up. And again we just pray, we we believe that your promise is true. It was better that you your son went, Father, that the Holy Spirit might come and help us even here this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. The text says, In that day, that was how it began this morning as it was read. In that day, what day? you've been with us you know what day it was the it was the time of Jesus departure the time when he was going to go to the cross and uh, and after the cross to lay in the grave and then be resurrected after the third day and ultimately go to sit at the right hand of the father and so when that text says in that day it's talking about that time the time of the resurrection the time of the ascension the time of the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. And the promise it's given, it says, In that day, you will ask nothing of me. What, what does it mean, you'll ask nothing of me? What it means is, they won't have him face to face anymore. They won't ask directly the questions that they've been asking Jesus. You can go back into the book of John, and it's full of questions. It's full of things they ask Jesus. But that no longer will occur. They won't ask him directly. It goes on to say, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. The day is dawning, quick to come now. In that day, we will pray to the Father in the name of the Son. And that's the age we live in this day. And that's why we pray. That's why people um, pray in Jesus' name. I hope it's more than just a way to end, way to put a, a, a period at the end of your prayers, but that you understand what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It's not just words that we utter or mutter, but it means something. It means something particularly to pray in Jesus' name. And there's an incredible promise. It says you can ask whatever, whatever you ask of the Father in my name. And it says, he will give it to you. That That's something I think to understand. Now, I think we could all say that it doesn't mean anything and everything. Just common sense would tell you that. Even if you think it means more than I think it means, we all must agree it doesn't mean everything. It doesn't mean everything. Because you know that, that there are prayers that just will not be answered. They just won't. So there must be some kind of condition in that statement that puts parameters about, around the whatever you ask. And I think what puts parameters about one, around whatever you ask is the statement in Jesus' name. It is whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So then it, boils down to really digging out what it means to pray in Jesus' name. What is? What are we saying when we say, in Jesus' name, Amen, at the end of a prayer or at the beginning of a prayer, wherever we insert it? What are we saying? What are we really saying? And what is the text saying? Because it doesn't matter really what we're saying. It matters what the text is saying. I think there's three things here that I want to talk about. Three things about the qualifier. And we... We will say those fairly quickly here this morning, and I hope they will stick with you. The first one, the first qualifier, is the fact that I think when you pray in Jesus' name, what you are, are saying, in essence, is you come as one identified with Christ. In other words, I think only a Christian can do that, because in Jesus' name, you're talking about all that that name means the significance of that name, you've come to see it. Your eyes have been opened to understand what that name means. And if you look at it, the name Jesus Christ, Jesus in the, the Greek um, word for the Hebrew word means Jehovah is salvation. That's what Jesus means. And if you take Jesus Christ, the Greek equivalent of that Hebrew word is Messiah. And so when you're praying in Jesus' name, you are You are believing everything that is contained in that name. It goes back, I think, a bit to what it said in chapter 16. It says, where Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. All the truth. You have come and been guided by the Spirit into the truth, who is Jesus. The truth it's talking about there is Jesus and all that he is. And all that he accomplished in coming to earth. And so to pray in Jesus' name, first of all, means that you are a saved person. That that you have been saved from your sins. It's interesting in Matthew chapter 1, when Joseph encountered the angel. Remember, you shall give him the name Jesus. For what? For what reason? Because he will save his people from their sins and so it's only people who know that the name of Jesus and has experienced the reality of the name of Jesus and all that it is saving them from their sins so so when you pray in Jesus name it first of all and foremost is saying you're a christian it's for christians and and it is a family privilege It's a family privilege that God gives to us and beckons us. Come and pray in Jesus' name and the reality of knowing your sins are forgiven and they're gone. Come through faith in the person and work of Jesus. That's what it means first. Now, the implications of that is I really think it's only Christians who can pray that way. And and in many sense, I, I... I I want to even go farther than that. In in one sense, it's only Christians who can pray. Now, certainly God chooses to sometimes answer prayers of unbelievers, but there's no guarantee of that. It's different than this promise. This promise is for believers, not for unbelievers. It's the privilege of being part of the family that we can pray in his name. So for a a non-Christian to pray in Jesus' name makes no sense. Because the very fact that they're non-Christian means they don't understand what it means. They don't know the significance of it. They've not embraced it. They've not put the whole weight of their hope in it. So first and foremost, it is a privilege of the Christian. Secondly, secondly, I think to pray in Jesus' name, the, the condition of that whole thing where it says you can ask whatever you ask in the Father in my name, second part of the qualifier of that, of the whatever is... That we pray on the basis of Jesus' merit. Not only do we pray in His name as a believer, that privilege, but we pray on the basis of that merit. That's what merits our ability to come and to pray to the Father. It is the work of Christ, and we rest in that. It's, uh, it's, it, it could be illustrated, I think, like a checkbook. You have a checkbook, and and, uh, you know, you can, you can write a check and you can write your name on it and whatever assets are in that bank, you can get out of that bank by your signature. Or another person who maybe has more assets than you can write, sign their name, their name, and they can get more assets out. Um, so you, you, you carry that over to the bank of heaven and, and what we're doing when we pray in Jesus name is we're, we're praying in the name of who has all the assets of heaven at his disposal. We're praying in his name and his merit. And that was all accomplished. All of that was accomplished in what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. He, he has merit, his sufficient merit. He, he not only died for our sins, but he lived perfectly. He, he fulfilled all righteousness so that he could give us His merit. And so, and we could pray in behalf of His merit. And so when you're praying in Jesus' name, you're not, you're not praying based on your own merit. That you somehow have accomplished enough so you can pull out some resources from heaven and God is obligated to answer that. But you're praying on the basis of His merit. And you realize that you're bankrupt really, except for Him. And all that he has, and he has given it to you. And so, so secondly, it is praying on the basis of the merit of Christ, which I think then humbles us. It's, it's what causes humility about our prayers and causes humility to, to be a part of them. The scripture says in other places, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And, and what causes the humility is the realization that we're bankrupt except for his merit and what he's accomplished. To look into our account would get us nowhere, but to look into his account, it's full. And so it causes a humility. It causes us to come humbly. It causes us to reflecting on the reason that we come. Scripture says that we are to come boldly into his presence, that we can come boldly into the presence of God, but not based on our merit. The reason we can come boldly is because it's based on his merit, the all-sufficient merit of Christ and what he's accomplished. And so we can come boldly, but humbly, not not flippantly, not tritely, not arrogantly into his presence, because we realize we come on the basis of the merit of another. And so when it says there, ask whatever you want in my Father's of my father in my name you are first of all acknowledging you're a believer and secondly the reason you're a believer the reason you can be a believer the reason you can have hope is on the sufficient merit of Christ and so you you rest in that alone you rest in his merit and and you trust promises that say you can come on that basis i i hope when you come to prayer that that scripture begins to fill your mind as why you can come. I hope I hope the next time you pray that you think about that prayer and think about the reasons why you can come and and make sure that the reason that you know you can come is because of the merit of Christ and find texts that reaffirm that and bolster that and even pray those to God. So those two things, first and secondly. And then thirdly, Thirdly, we can come in Jesus' name and expect that whatever we ask to be answered because I think part of coming in Jesus' name, a dimension of coming in His Jesus' name is coming and praying how Jesus would pray. Part of praying in Jesus' name is to pray according to His purposes and His plans and His agenda. To, to come in that spirit and in that way Praying, really praying as Jesus would pray. Thinking about how Jesus would pray. You see, we follow him. He's our king. He's the one who rules. This morning, I, I, I don't know if you noticed it, but there were three or four of our songs that talked about him being king. And so part of coming in Jesus' name, coming in the name of the king, is coming to, to pray according to the way the king would want us to pray. And again, it, it it is it is a conditioning clause in that text. As we learn to pray the way Jesus would pray, we can ask whatever we want because it's His heart and His desire, and therefore it comes about. Now, how do we determine that? How do we how do we get our play, self in the place where more often than not We are properly praying in Jesus' name because we are more and more discerning how he would pray. You see, that's that's the condition. We have to learn how to discern how Jesus would pray if we're going to pray like he would pray. And I think, again, that's one of the things when I read that text this morning where it said how much more willing is is God who gives good gifts to his children willing to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Why is that text so powerful in the idea of good gifts? I think because it's the Holy Spirit that God sends to us. He said, it's better that I go away so the Spirit can come. And one of the roles that we've talked about in the last weeks of the Holy Spirit is to present the truth to us, the truth of His Son. Again, I go back to that text. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all the truth. And the truth, as we defined a couple of weeks ago, is the truth about Jesus, the truth about Jesus' heart, the truth about Jesus' work, the truth about what Jesus accomplished. You see, the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit, why that's a a gift that God gives us and a good gift that he gives us, because he he begins to give us the Holy Spirit that helps us to, to begin to discern the heart of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And who he is. So that we learn to pray how he would pray. We begin to pray and get the things that we pray for because we're praying in line with him. Now, let me take you to another text. I we don't have a long time this morning, but Romans chapter 8. Let me, let me take you there this morning for just a moment and, and listen again about the role of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that good gift that God gives to his children. In Romans chapter 8 and verses 26 and 27, look at what it says there about the Spirit. It says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. It says, For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He searches the heart, and He who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for saints according to the will of God. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. But the text there, again, talks about the Holy Spirit. And the, the role that the Holy Spirit prays, plays in our prayers. That there are times when we don't even know how to pray. But the promise of the scripture is that as we have a desire you know, sometimes you think, I don't, I don't know in a specific circumstance what what God's will is here. I I don't know. I want to pray according to what the way Jesus would pray, but we don't always know that. Sometimes we may. Sometimes it may be plain as day, but other times it's not as plain. And what does the Scripture say? That the Spirit comes and prays with groanings too deep for words that the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to pray like Jesus would pray, even when we don't have the words like that. even We don't know what those words are. There's a wonderful promise in Scripture that God's Spirit comes and prays. And so the, the wonderful promise of this text is that We can ask whatever in His name, but in His name has all of those qualifiers. All of those things need to be a part of that. And I believe that's the kind of prayer that stokes joy in our hearts. Turn back to John, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this to a close this morning. But in John chapter 11, or excuse me, John chapter 16, where we're at, it, it says at the end of that whole thing, it says, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, because again, he was with them. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The promise is that your joy will be full. How does How does that connect to this whole idea of praying? Praying, a prayer that only a Christian can pray, praying in the sense of praying in the merit of Christ, which is in a realization of all that he's accomplished, the realization of the gospel, the gospel message, the truth, the truth about Jesus and all that he came to do to save a people. And then praying the way he would pray. I think all of that stokes joy in our hearts because it is centering ourselves around the gospel. We, we get centered. When we learn to pray like this, we, 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 we pray gospel-centric prayers. Gospel-centric prayers, it keeps us centered. It keeps us centered and realizing what God has done. And as we pray for those around us and pray for the world around us, we pray gospel-centric prayers. We pray prayers that are centered in the gospel and, and the need of people to see what Christ has done. And I believe when you start to move and work in those realms and you begin to pray, as it talks about here, that joy comes, the joy of the Holy Spirit comes by the gospel, by the gospel producing that joy in us. And as the gospel works its way out in our prayers in the world, joy is stoked in our hearts. This morning, I hope that you know the reality of that. Uh, I know, hope you know the fullness of that joy of being able to, to pray that way and to pray with prayers that, that you can ask God because you're convinced that you are praying in those three realms and those three prerequisites of prayer. I pray God will help us more and more to have the mind of the Spirit. And the mind of the Spirit is the one who lifts up the sun. So it's the mind of the spirit is to reveal the sun, to reveal the work of the sun in us so that we can take it to the world around us. I believe that's the context of this prayer that God wants us to pray and the source and the reality of our joy. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we just thank you for the reality of your word. We're grateful, Lord, for the promise of of this prayer. And I pray that that we will um, we will ask ourselves this morning: Are we are we experiencing the joy of the gospel in this sense? The joy of the gospel in in being able to pray for others and for our world and for our circumstance. Gospel centric prayers. Lord, I pray this morning, I, I pray as we prayed already for the children that are upstairs who are hearing about Jesus, they're hearing about the truth this morning, I, I think it would certainly be in line with your heart for us to pray, that we would pray, Father, that, that you would open eyes, that there would be children who would, would see today, some maybe for the first time, others would just see more of your Son See more of the glory of the gospel. Be strengthened by it. Know what it is to have the joy of the gospel in their heart this morning. I think all of those prayers are prayers that we pray with confidence. We pray um, believing that that's what you want, Jesus. You want people to to see the truth, to embrace the truth. And so, Lord, we just ask this morning that, that you will help us Help us as we come to prayer this week to not just flippantly run over the words in Jesus' name, but that, Father, we would know the reality of what we're praying and sense the power of praying in the name of Jesus to that end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We're going to allow you to go this morning. In God's peace, the children may not be finished. I leaned over to my wife looking at the time, realizing it wasn't going to be as long, and told her that I might not be as long this morning. But if they're still meeting, don't interrupt them. Let them finish and come to you this morning if you're outside. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.